You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan, your humble and obedient host, and we've got the preacher who's a teacher of sanity right there. There you go, it's me. It's Benjamin Solzer. How are you doing, Ben? Good, Nathan. How are you? I don't know. Where is Jake? Jake is... uh, I don't know. I just don't know. You're a loser. Loser. You're a loser. What? I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I just don't know the answer. Why you fail? I still don't understand why I fail. <laughs> Welcome to Sound of Sanity, uh, everybody. Jake is not here. You know, I don't think you're the loser, Ben. Oh, thanks, Nathan. But Jake's losing out on a great conversation with good friends. Uh, no kidding. Because he is not here. And we will get back to very normal Sound of Sanity, I hope, as early as next week. Maybe it'll be two weeks from now, depending on what happens with scheduling and stuff. But people have been on vacations and all kinds of crazy stuff has happened. We recorded a season or the beginnings of a season of World We Made, season three. So we've just been very busy. Probably we should have just scheduled a vacation so that all of our listeners didn't expect Sound of Sanity episodes for the last few Eh, weeks. Maybe. But that's generally a good thing to do during the summer, I think. But we did not do that in any case. But Ben, I want to talk about something today, if I may. I will permit it this time. Oh, good. So, so (laughs) I want to talk about my new soundboard. People (laughs) may have noticed. Having too much fun. It is pretty fun, but... In fact, let's keep talking about this soundboard. Nope, that's not the sound I wanted. In fact, let's keep talking about this soundboard. No, we should talk about something that makes us feel insane. Like your new soundboard. <laughs> like your new soundboard. No, I'd like to talk about something from our Discord. Now, Ben, how do you get to be a part of our Discord? Well, Nathan, you have to sign up for at least $5 a month on patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. And you're admitted to an awesome, incredible Discord community with us. Yeah. We're there. And a bunch of other cool people. Yeah. And we get to talk about what makes (laughs) us feel insane and (laughs) provide fodder for the episodes. And we give updates on our creative projects and stuff like that. do all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. We have a whole channel just called The Gospel Coalition Stinks, I think, or something like that. We do. So anyway, I, I was noting at some point that... Jordan Peterson is feeling out of touch. And I don't know, when's the last time you watched a Jordan Peterson video, Ben? Mm, it's been a little while, honestly, Nathan. Are you, aware, are you aware of the fact that he joined the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's I, outfit? I did. I did hear a little bit about that. I know he just did an interview with Dave Rubin. Yeah, he's been kind of making the rounds. And did you watch his, his by any chance, his video, like a message to the Christian church? Nope, heard about this, but I didn't watch it yet. And then he also did a message to Muslims or something like that. So he's been making the rounds, making waves, taking names, kicking butt, all that kind of stuff. And a point that I made previously was that I just felt like, you remember when he had like that mental breakdown thing a couple of years ago? 
I mean, I didn't really uh, pay attention to not no. Neither one of us are like big JP fanboys or anything like that. No, notwithstanding that we wrote a song about him back in the day. We did write a song about him, and we recorded a giant podcast about him, and he's an interesting figure and all that sort of thing. But in any case, he had some kind of a mental breakdown or something like that. All or, right. Or, I, I confess total ignorance. Yes. For me. Well. That is why you fail. <laughs> what can no, I say, Ben? No doubt. <laughs> Man, just <laughs> failing all over today. Well, in any case, he had this mental breakdown, and I sort of feel like he's never, and that was a year or two ago, I don't feel like he's ever really come back from it. I, I feel like he's always been a little off-key since he since he came back. These you remember you you remember like when we read our when we read Twelve Rules and Jordan C. Peterson was sort of first becoming a household name. We watched videos and stuff, and we've all watched some Jordan Peterson videos and his presentation was always kind of for lack of a better word dorky like he was he was just sort of excited about his stuff and i'm not doing a good jordan peterson accent no I, no this is great i don't know how to do a canadian accent but he kind of he's he just wants to tell you about the you know <laughs> no this is the best jordan peterson accent i've ever heard what's that jordan peterson's on the podcast <laughs> yes i am and uh, he he just wants to tell you about the psychological analysis of Cain and Abel or something like that, and uh, you got to slay the dragon and be the lobster and all that. <laughs> <laughs> There's hierarchies in every lobster, things like this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I remember this well. And he'd just be excited about this stuff. And there's a famous video where he does the interview with the newscaster lady, and she he he corners her somehow, and then he smiles and says, "Gotcha," and and she's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I, I suppose you did." <laughs> and he's just kind of this charming figure. Well, now he's come back and he's very, he signed on with the Daily Wire. And for lack of a better phrase, he's very Daily Wire-esque. He's just uh, very sharp and kind of got this angry, edgy kind of, they've taken our culture. Uh, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite new character. <laughs> Jordan Peterson, the leprechaun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be JP the Leprechaun. JP the Leprechaun. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> no relation. All right, well, watch out for him in the next Chip and Lance season or something like that, folks. But <laughs> but he can join. <laughs> what's our other Leprechaun guy's name? Oh, <laughs> Silent Bob or uh, Little Odd Bob. Little Odd Bob. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, Jordan Peterson has been very angry, edgy, very different than he used to be, and so I had commented basically that. I feel like he's off key. I feel like he's he's not quite in control of his persona anymore. Mm. Like what he means to communicate is not the exact same thing that he is in fact communicating. He just seems a little brittle, a little huh. broken, a little just off key. You know how you see somebody sometimes and you're like, they're not quite saying what they think they're saying. Like they just, mm-hmm. they feel off somehow. And I, I just commented. And, and so our friend Seth in the Discord said the following, and I quote, I'm tired of being winsome, which is different than being done with being kind and gentle. So I'm happy to see more people speaking truth with an edge. So he's basically saying he doesn't mind Jordan Peterson's new persona. He doesn't mind the fact that he's a little edgier. And mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson also, I should say, he's like wearing these three-piece suits. And it, it just feels like he's embraced the whole kind of brand of, I'm, I'm a provocateur. S- s- a, I'm a, you know, he's like hardcore, a little bit of an edge lord, 
along right. in, in the style of like a Shapiro or a Matt Walsh or a Jeremy Boring or one of those Daily Wire guys. I don't know that he's necessarily doing their style, but it's just, A, it feels like he really is angry. He's angry about COVID. Mm-hmm. He's angry yeah. about trans stuff. He's angry about how far, far he sees his Canadian culture and Western civilization declining. And, and B, it seems like he's just thinks that that's sort of the celebrity persona that he should have. And, and so Seth says, I'm tired of being winsome, which is different than being done with being kind and gentle. So I'm happy to see more people speaking truth with an edge. And I just wanted to engage with that for a moment. I don't think that Seth is necessarily saying anything wrong there necessarily, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think about the concept of, I feel like I was tired of the of winsomeness like 10 or 15 years ago. I heard people saying, we need to be winsome and winsome. And Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, people people who say that usually are talking about not speaking the truth at places where it, it might hurt someone's feelings. That was usually, winsome was a code word, not for, not not entirely for, well, there's a fuzzy line between how you say something and what you end up saying, right? Right, and that's that's rhetoric, and rhetoric is about how do you how do you say things in a way that's going to persuade people, right? So winsome was often code for we're going to say things in such a way that we avoid saying the things that actually need to be said and that would get us bad publicity. Yeah, it's kind of everything that we hate about the Gospel Coalition. Or that's right. Like a, Tim Keller or Russell Moore or any of these guys who feel like they're just shaving the truth at this point oftentimes, but they're doing it in the name of being appealing and being sensitive. and Yeah, so it's not even, I mean, it is how you say things and that does feed into it, but it's also the fact that you're leaving out things. Like it's content, not just style. And so, yeah, I object to, I, I understand Winsome's a code word for that and... Or at least it can be. It, I guess it generally is. I don't know. I think it usually is. I, I usually don't like when people say that they're trying to be winsome, and I never have. It's just it's one of those things where like 10, 15 years ago, everybody suddenly started saying the word. It's right. like, who, nobody uses this word. Why are we all suddenly right. using this word? We need to be winsome. What, are we being winsome here, guys? Uh, and not just out there. I remember it kind of being a buzzword among the, the, the those like the early days of I was working with Jake and stuff. And we talked about winsomeness all the time is just kind of one of those weird things. And I, I do agree that men who water down the truth or shave the edge off of the truth in the name of being appealing are bad. I'm trying to think of an example. I guess a lot of the discourse around Dobbs and abortion has been that sort of thing where you'll read like mm-hmm. a, a piece where it's like they're not exactly saying anything wrong, but they're trying to be so nice and so sensitive. You know, like the average TGC article. Sure. Russell Moore finally, I think, said after a month, released a statement on Christianity Today or something like that. And I read some of it. And it was just kind of like... About Roe v. Wade. About Roe v. Wade and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of has that, well, I can't actually exactly point to anything that's wrong, mm-hmm. but... I also can't point to anything that's right. And at a certain point, you're being so careful to avoid saying anything controversial or anything that cuts with the, the sort of truth that the Bible cuts with. Yeah, that's right. There's, yeah, it, 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 it is, there's, there's something wrong in the way that they want to appeal to people who hate babies. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can feel it. It's like they're always marketing themselves to people who are opposed to them, but they're not, they're not really commending themselves to those people's consciences, which would be a different thing. Mm-hmm. That's what the Apostle Paul did sure. when he condemned evil. 
in the ways that he did in public, in his public preaching ministry that established the church. And, and that's, it, it's, it's a different thing to commend yourself to someone's conscience by condemning evil, and then and, and to do what TGC does. But it's also it's also a different thing to be harsh. Mm-hmm. There is there's there's plenty of warnings in Proverbs about being harsh, and plenty of times where it says that you should use gentle words. You should have sweetness in your speech because it will make you more persuasive. What's the one about a gentle? Is it just a gentle word breaks a, can break a bone or something like that? Yeah, I should just find that one right now because that's one of the best. Yeah, Ben just preached a sermon on this not too many weeks ago, folks, on using words. You can actually find it at the COTK podcast link, Church of the King, if you want to listen to it. It's a good sermon. Uh, that wasn't the one. No, that wasn't the one that got lost. No. That one's recorded. No, it's not. That was recorded. So, yeah. Proverbs twenty five fifteen with patience a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. Yeah, yeah, and so that's actually what I wanted to say because without knowing anything about why Seth said what he said, without really making a judgment of because Seth says I'm tired of being winsome, which is different than being done with kind and gentle. So I'm happy to see more people speaking truth with an edge. I don't necessarily depending on how that statement what he means by that. I don't have a problem with that, and I no. assume he probably means the best version of it. And yet I could see someone that I would disagree with making a statement like that. And it would be the kind of person who thinks that in order to be true, in order to be faithful, you always have to be quote unquote edgy. You always have to say things as kind of hardcore Mm -hmm. as you possibly can. Everything is a provocation. Everything's a provocation. Yeah. Mm, to To a fight. That's a great way of putting it. And I don't like that. And I think that that's part of what I don't like about the Daily Wire guys, and it's what, part of what I don't like about Jordan Peterson's no, uh, new persona, which obviously you can't comment on because you haven't seen, but but just the idea that he's gone from someone who is naturally just kind of a dork who is interested in Jungian and stuff, and I think had a real backbone and had moral courage and stuff, but mm-hmm. was just kind of this goofy Canadian dork, and, and now he's got to talk like this and kind of lower his voice and glower at the camera and frown, and it's like that's not your natural mode. You're, you're, this is an affectation, uh-huh. and I think that's too bad. I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. I, just, I don't automatically have more respect for a man just because he talks in an angry voice or, or think that he's being more faithful yeah. to the hard truths of Scripture. I thought Jordan Peterson was more effective when he was being himself, which is kind of a weird Disney, I don't know a better way to say that. but <clears throat> Well, yeah, there is something about using the personality that God gave you yeah, and being sure that... Well, what I said in my sermon on words is you you have to tell the truth and you have to be kind. Mm-hmm. And if you do both of those things, it will influence your style and the way you say things. And it's also true that you can lie, you can tell a lie by the manner in which you say a truth. Yeah. And that's a tricky area for sure. But there is something to using the personality God gave you um, and not trying to be someone who has an edge that they don't naturally have. Right. Some um, people are more boisterous. Some people are more reserved. Some people are more edgy. Some people are more mm-hmm. gentle. And we don't all have to, we can all be faithful and allow the word of God to have a real edge in, yeah. in the way that we share it with people without trying to fit a particular mold of what that looks like, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So yeah, I thought the reason, again, Seth probably already knows that we're not arguing with Seth. I'm just arguing with the worst version of what his statement could mean, which is that it's time for everybody to just be 
edgelords. Is that what the kids call it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a phrase. <laughs> edgelords. I also think, and we talked about this a little bit in our World We Made season that we've recorded but not yet released. Hopefully, Lord willing, we'll release it soon. A lot of times, a certain kind of man will act very edgy and very provocative in a selfish way, in a way to attract a following. To He wants to act very strong so that he can kind of attract weak men who feel a lot of tension about this or that. Mm-hmm. And they just want somebody to settle the issue and to be real strong and to have their ducks all in a row. And, and maybe these weak men can't deal with some of the tension that they feel about it. So they, they want the problem to be externalized. They want the problem to be out there. And they want somebody to rail definitively and strongly and cuttingly against the problem so that we can all just go out. We know who the enemy is. We can go mm-hmm. crush them. And the fact is, there's a good deal of tension that we we do have to feel living in a warped culture like we do and having warped, fallen, sinful hearts. Like the problem's not all out there. Yeah. The problem's in here. And so I think a good leader, a good, does need to speak against sin, but also he needs to acknowledge that there's sin in his own heart. He needs to have a certain godly self-deprecation, if you know what I mean. And yeah, yeah be himself, <laughs> be the person that God made him. <laughs> So, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think it is easy to swing to the side of edginess for its own sake, mm-hmm. which is which is in the end just an expression of an ungodly frustration. Like, I don't know, you think of John and James wanting to call down fire on the village that rejected them, and mm-hmm. Jesus rebuking them and saying, "Ah, eh, you don't know what spirit you're of." Well, it's not because Jesus objects to calling down fire; it's because there's a proper time for everything mm-hmm. and a proper place, and we are not very good at timing a lot yeah. of the time. And w- whether we err on the side of cowardice or harshness, we need to gain wisdom in this. And a lot of that comes from, guess what, being in a church and having people who care about you mm-hmm. and who can judge you, who are outside of you and can be like, eh, you're actually just edgy for edginess's sake. Or, well, you, you're right, you have been shaving the edges off the truth and you should stop. And that will make you, you know, more quote unquote edgy. Yeah. But that kind of thing is hard to figure out without community, I would say. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. You need to be calibrated by other people. I, I guess the other thing I would say is I'm not opposed to people who are immature or young or just learning the ropes, having some slight miscalculations. In other words, a guy who's just learned, oh, I need to be faithful. He mm-hmm. might accidentally be a little over edgy or a little under edgy or something. Like, Whatever. Right. That's just part of growth. Like I don't want to overly discourage somebody like that. Yeah. But I think you do have to learn wisdom and when and how to do these things. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know anything else to say about that. I don't. Know, what would you say to a young man who's listening who's like, yes, okay, but you're making me feel stifled because I, I want to have gravitas and I want to fight, fight a war for the truth. And I, you're saying I just have to not be zealous? Nope. You should have zeal and that's good to have. And you should live in community, and you should learn to see yourself from other people's eyes. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you'll not say something you were going to say because you realize that other people won't like it. But it does mean that you'll have you'll begin to gain a little bit of perspective on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you should you should try to get some perspective on yourself. Yeah. Be in community. Be in a church. <clears throat> Pray for openings to share the gospel and say hard things. Pray that you'll be able to do it in a way that leaves your conscience clean. I mean, another good passage for this kind of stuff is, find it. 
hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on. Oh, I was going to the right place. <clears throat> Another good passage for getting a handle on this kind of stuff and how to think about speech biblically is 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26. I mean, this is directed to pastors, specifically pastors and elders, but it's also directed to all of us, mm-hmm. which is the virtue of those 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 pastoral epistles. So, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So that's a really helpful passage mm-hmm. to, to check yourself. Are you quarrelsome? You think you're just having an edge and being faithful, but are you quarrelsome? Are you starting useless quarrels? Quarrels are different than arguments in that quarrels are futile. But and kind to everyone, do you patiently endure evil? Or are you very impatient and unwilling to take it? You just want what's yours. You want you want your your due. Do you correct your opponents with gentleness? Do you have the view of them that you want God to lead them to repentance and that that's the aim of being edgy? Mm-hmm. And if that's what you want, and if and if on some level perhaps they're able to sense that, at least some of them are able to sense that, then that's a good indicator that your edginess is in service of the Lord and not just your own pride. Because you also see some some compassion in this statement. These people have been captured by the devil to do his will, and you want God to set them free. Mm-hmm. Even though they're the opponents of God and the opponents of the church and the opponents of the truth and the opponents of love. And so you should want those people to be set free. Those are all considerations. Yeah, absolutely. And people will know when you're not doing that, when you are just, there's a quote from the literary critic Northrop Fry, who said, once a student gets on a self-righteous kick, I just pulled this up, he becomes utterly impervious to argument because he's still still too young and insecure to listen to anything but the applause of his own conscience. And I think there's a kind of person that's like that, that is only doing things so that they can, because they feel insecure and they're trying to shore themselves up and they just want to listen to the applause of their own conscience. And I think people know and resent when they run into somebody who is actually only picking a fight or a quarrel because they're insecure and they want to feel better. They want to bolster their own sense of confidence mm-hmm. in, in whatever the issue is. Yeah. So again, I'll say it for a fourth or fifth time. I assume Seth probably would agree with all this. I'm not trying to pick on him specifically. I just thought his statement was open-ended enough that it might lead to an interesting discussion. And so it did. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we call it a day? Oh, only that everyone should get used to times. Well, everyone should get used to looking back on things they said or didn't say at the time where they would have said, well, I didn't say that because I was being, I was being gentle. I was being wise. I was not. I was holding back because it wouldn't have been fruitful. Mm-hmm. And I was just, but then you look back on it and you're like, actually, I was a coward. Yeah. And then there's there's times where you're like, man, I'm going to be faithful now. I'm going to say something. You look back on that a year later and you're like, mm, most of that was pride. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just being faithful. Or, I mean, and obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area in here. But the point is you're going to judge yourself mm-hmm. looking back and you're going to find yourself cowardly, you're going to find yourself harsh, and you're going to find those qualities mixed into what you've said and done at the best of times. So have some patience with yourself and be humble about this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you can't be, on the one hand, paralyzed by those kinds of considerations. 
On the other hand, you cannot charge for forward heedless of them. You need to actually evaluate yourself yeah, and think back on things. And you will see a lot of that. I, I've seen a lot of places in my life recently where I'm very thankful that just by God's grace, I didn't say something actually. Like I wanted to say something and we ran out of time or I didn't say it yeah. for whatever reason. And then I look back on it a little bit later and I'm like, oh no, I would have made a terrible fool of myself if I'd said the angry thing that I wanted to say. Yep. Yep, same the, here. The, the faithful thing I wanted to yeah, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. you know. So I'll tell you what you'll never regret, though. Going to patreon.com. Sound of sanity, forward slash sound of sanity, signing up to become a patron. You can become part of a Discord. You can get on there and leave very provocative, edgy statements about how much you loved this podcast and how anyone that didn't love it was an idiot, maybe, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's good. Or you could just be nice. I don't know. I like that. Be cool. In any, in any case, patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity is the place to go to engage more with us and also support our creative work. That money helps with things like Chip and Lance and the Ville and mm-hmm. fun stuff like that. So do it. Do it. And yeah. until next time, stay sane. <laughs>